0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Well, there are those that would say, even in this place this morning, Lord, Lord, Lord God, I do not know if I can take it much longer. I don't know how much longer I can hold out. There has to be something that will break loose or break through into my life. For the enemy has brought his attack against my mind, my flesh, and the circumstances in which I live in to the point in which I almost feel that I'm going to give up. But the Spirit of the Lord says to you today, your breakthrough is upon you. That which you desire is coming into your life. The presence and power and the anointing, even what you sense right now, is proof positive that I am working on your behalf. So be encouraged and stand in your faith and make that decision. I will not be refused that which God says belongs to me. And you will see it will come in such a way that it will be exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. And the miracle and the provision of God will be overwhelming in your life and it will cause others to see my grace and goodness in that which I've done for you. Praise God. In your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to two portions of Scripture. Matthew chapter 11 and Mark chapter 4 and I'll do my best to stay within the perimeters of that. And the Lord laid this on my heart literally a couple of weeks ago. How many were happy last week when I got everybody home before the storm? <laughs> Amen. I remember driving up in my driveway and that storm started hitting. I said, thank God we got out of church in time. Amen. Weather has been wild. I don't know. Spring has sprung, we hope. At least we don't live in Minnesota. But you know, those people come to church, man. That, I, I've preached I preached in Minnesota for many years and I'd go there and shiver and shake and they just acted like that was normal. So I was always glad to get back on the airplane. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. It says, it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John, now this speaks of John the Baptist, when John had heard in the prison, notice this, when he had heard John was in prison, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and he said unto him, art thou he that should come or do we look for another? Jesus answering said unto them, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. Everybody say hear and see. hear and see. Because when you hear and see, that literally means the kingdom of God is bursting into the sense realm. Those are senses. He says the, blame, uh, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And then Jesus says in the next verse, verse 6, and blessed. Everybody say Blessed. blessed. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Now, let me read that in the Amplified. I want to read that verse in the Amplified. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is he who takes no offense at me and finds no cause for stumbling in or through me and is not hindered from seeing the truth. Everybody say hindered. Now, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. We'll begin there in verse verse 13. Jesus speaking, he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. Everybody say the word. word. And these are they uh, by the wayside where the word is sown. When they have heard the word, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth. Now notice the term, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Everybody say offended. Let me read that that last verse in the Amplified. It says, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure for a little while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the Word, they immediately are offended, become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and fall away. Years ago, when I first went into ministry, I was just so excited to be able to... You know, I'd graduated from Bible school. Uh, many of the uh, the prophecies that were given me by men and women that I trusted were coming to pass. And God began to open doors, and I began to, oh, the first five years, begin to go to many churches and begin to develop relationships with pastors. And I began to get acquainted again. Uh, with the church and what churches were, the the, the unique uh, independent church. I grew up in a denominational church, but the independent churches are very uh, unique uh, that it began all oh, they There's always been independent churches, but the the, the the wave that we saw that began really in the late 60s and into the 70s when great independent churches rose up outside of denominations, which is a miracle of God because most uh, denominations carry the both the financial power and the numerical power to start churches, so when God goes outside that and build churches, we know that's something that God is doing. Amen. I mean you can't you can't you can't do this unless it's God. I said you can't do this unless it's God. And that and the fact that we and the fact that we are doing it proves that it is God. Now the phenomenon, I guess, the first phenomenon, and I call it a phenomenon that still works in the church today, that I begin to recognize as I began over a period of time uh, to go to uh, the same church over and over, year after year after year, was noticing the change in the crowd. How many people came, but also how many people went. One pastor kind of described it like this. He said, it's amazing how the, the back door seems to be as wide open as the front door. Amen. Now, in studying the Word of God, I found this out. There are two divine institutions upon this earth that are very, very important, not only to God, but should also be important to man. Now, the first of those institutions is marriage. Marriage is very precious to God. As a matter of fact, it's so precious, He initiated marriage in the Garden of Eden, and that is the only thing in Eden that the man and the woman were able to bring out of Eden was the marriage. Listen, if you're married here today, you must protect your marriage. I said, you, you can't just say, well, we're just, you know, we're just married and everything's going. No, no. you got to understand, there is an adversary calls the devil, and he does not want your marriage to be successful. He knows that within the confines of a marriage, the man and the woman are protected. The reproductive process takes place correctly, and not only that, the man and the woman become part of the fabric of a righteous society. Amen. Now, don't get mad and don't write letters and don't send emails, but... According to the Word. We're a Word church. So we're going to stick with the Word of God. According to the Word of God, we see very plainly in the Word of God that marriage is a holy union between one man and one woman. So I'm not going to elaborate on what marriage isn't. I'm just going to tell you what it is and let you make your own decision. How about that? Amen? The other divine institution that was up, that is upon this planet is called the church. Everybody say the church. church. Within the confines of the church, the believer is able to live out his own personal vision. He gets to be part of a vision that that that, that affects uh, the local area. Actually, it said like this in the book of Acts: "Your Jerusalem, your Judea, and outermost parts of the earth." Which means you get to be a part of a group of people that are affecting the area or the key or the area for the kingdom of God. People see God through us. They experience God through us. You know, we had a, 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 we were praying for someone down here that had a, a growth or something, in them, we were declaring that when they went back to the doctor, they wouldn't see it. We had a, a man and a lady. They come. Uh, they don't live in the area, but they own a, a, a what would you call it? A vacation home down here. And so when they come and stay in their vacation home, they'll come and stay here. And so uh, they they came and were diagnosed. I think it was the woman that was diagnosed with a with cancer. And uh, they came and were and were having to go to a, a, a an examination at MD Anderson. And when they came up for prayer, now I did not realize I had to said this by the Spirit. So what I said to them was this. I said, they're going to look for it, and they're going to look for it, but they're not going to find it. And I said, they're actually going to, that's what they're going to tell you. And they stayed over after that Sunday morning service to Wednesday night. Some of you remember, I let them testify here on Wednesday night, how they they went to the doctor, and that's exactly what the doctor said. We've looked, we've looked, we've looked, and we cannot find it. Now listen, that's the function of the church. You say, no, that's a powerful anointing in your ministry. No, 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 it's not. That's the function of the church. The church is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ takes the place of Jesus being personally present here. Pastor Rusty didn't do that. Island Church didn't do that. Jesus did that because we are the body of Christ. Amen. So just as much as you would protect your marriage, you should also uh, 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 protect your church experience. Now, that's what I begin to see as a young evangelist, as a a young traveling minister, is about how so many people would come and so many people would leave churches. So I developed, uh, Roland had come on staff at the time, and I developed a a tape series. I think we we named it uh, Identifying and Overcoming Offense. Isn't that what we named it? identifying and overcoming offense because i saw offense as that number one thing that would that would just sweep people out of churches now we read two portions of scripture matthew chapter 11 talks about John the Baptist, John the Baptist being a prophet of God, Jesus said of John, of all the prophets that had ever lived, there's none greater than John the Baptist. But John the Baptist ended up in prison and ended up being beheaded by Herod, a wicked king, because he had gone to the wrong place at the wrong time and preached the wrong message. It was not the will of God that John the Baptist be executed. That is not the will of God. The Bible says it's the thief that come not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But the key of that portion of Scripture in in, uh, Matthew chapter 11 says this, And blessed are those who are not offended in me. A lot of people get offended in the way God chooses to do things. Now let me say that again. A lot of people get figured out in their mind preconceived ideas, you pray a prayer of faith, and you think this is how God's going to do it. This is what I found out about God. He does things the way He wants to. I said, he does things the way he wants to. He don't care about what you think. He don't care about how you've planned it. He don't care about what you've told everybody about what he's going to do. He's still going to do things the way he wants to. And let me tell you how he's going to do things. He's going to do things in such a way that it maximizes the potential of his glory. So that at the end of the day, when God shows up and shows out, everybody knows that's God. That's what God did. That's what God did right there. Now, Over the years of meditating, I do not know, I don't have scriptural evidence for what happened to John the Baptist. But I do know this he was a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And anytime the Word of God establishes your place, the enemy is going to do everything he can do to get you out of your place. Because he knows if you're in your place, you're going to be effective. You're going to be destruct, uh, destructive against the kingdom of darkness. You're going to be used by God. You're going to be blessed by God. So he's going to fight to get you out of your place. John got out of his place. He left the wilderness. He went into the city. He began to be judgmental. He began to say things that he shouldn't have said to people that he shouldn't have said it to. But here's the thing. Why did he do that? Why did John leave the wilderness? Why did he quit preaching his message that was bringing such conviction? Why did he quit baptizing the people in the Jordan? River? Why did he do that? I don't know. I don't know. The scripture's not plain. But if we just think about human nature... Could John have, have thought, this is just, just, just my own meditation. could he have thought, if anybody's qualified to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's me. I'm a prophet. I'm a man of God. My, even my arrival on the earth, even though I was not immaculately conceived, I was, there was something supernatural about me getting here. I've lived a holy life. I've lived a righteous life. I've obeyed God and all that. And Jesus walked right by me and went to a fishing village and chose commercial fishermen over me? I don't know. If that was it, he made a mistake. And here's the thing we got to do we have to let God be God. I've said this before so many times, the greatest deliverance of your life is not deliverance from crack cocaine or, or the love of money or, or some perverse lifestyle. The greatest deliverance of your life is the day you get delivered from being God. Amen. Amen. You quit calling the shots. You quit saying this is how it's going to happen. No, no, no. You've got to let God be God. And God, you know what God calls you? God calls you a sheep. Everybody say, baa. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to be a a white-tailed deer or a moose or anything, but some little old poor defenseless sheep, but sheep needs a shepherd, and thank God for the the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Then there's Mark chapter 4, and the Bible talks about the Word of God being sown and and how the enemy comes to steal that Word, and, and then the second group of people, he talks about stony ground people. Obviously, they come to church because the Bible says they hear the word. And the Bible says they receive it with joy or gladness. But then it says this they have no root in themselves. It didn't say they don't have any root in the church. It says they have no root in themselves. Let me tell you something. It's not your roots in the church that's going to carry you through the storm, it's your roots in Christ. It's your roots in Him that are going to carry you through the storms of life. Listen, I, the only way I can describe it like this. Every time you come to Island Church, you eat out of my garden. Things that I have sown, things that I have reaped, things that I have prayed, things that I have proved. And listen, I don't go read somebody's book and try to get them to preach their message. I only preach what I have proved in the kingdom of God. I've got 35 years of experience in doing it. I've done it all over the world. I've done it to little bitty crowds of five people, and I've done it to great big crowds of thousands of people. Amen. And in so doing that, I've learned that as a believer and being a minister and in the ministry, I've got to grow a garden. I've got to grow a garden of righteousness. I've got to grow a garden of prosperity. I've got to grow a garden of healing. I've got to grow a garden of all these things that I need to feed God's people because I can only feed you out of the garden that I have grown. When Brother Danny comes, he will feed you out of his garden. When other ministers preach, they will feed you out of their garden. But it's not how much you can eat out of my garden that's going to put you over. It's how or what kind of garden can you grow? Because what I'm giving you, although you may eat some fruit of what I have produced, you're really getting the seed that you need to plant in the good soil of your own life and grow that which God wants you to grow. Some of you need to grow a garden of healing. Some of you need to grow a garden of prosperity. We all need to grow in righteousness, in mercy, and peace, and all these things that God is doing for us. But you've got to be able to do it. You say, why? Because every time you make a decision, I'm going to stand on this word, persecution and affliction are going to rise up against you and try to tell you, it ain't going to work. Amen. Amen? I mean, I haven't ever experienced that. Now listen, I've always done my best to try to help people to see that there are times when things come into your life because you allow them. And that should be less and less as you grow in God. And the more you grow in God and the more you stand on the Word, then the attacks that come against you are directly attacking the Word of God in your life. Trying to get you to quit, trying to get you to back off, trying to get you, quote, offended or to make you feel like you've been violated, victimized, or you've been caused to stumble or fall. Now let me just say right up front, that is a tactic of the devil. And we love you. We care about every person that's ever come to this church. We care about every person that's ever come here, been a part, even people that's left. We try to invest into you. We try to help you. We try to bless you. We try to pull you in, make you a part of what God's doing. And, you know, some people just end up that way. But it is a very unique phenomenon to this type of ministry all over the world. All over the world in which people do not realize if I sit in a church like this, there is an entity and a power that's going to oppose me. I can't say that of every denominational church. I can't say... Now let me just say this about church. There are churches all over the world. There are social churches. There are traditional churches. There are trend churches... And then there are churches that line up with a template in the book of Acts. You say, well, which ones are of God? I believe every church, whether it's a social church, a trend church, a traditional church, or a church that lines up with that which the book of Acts is, I believe every one of them have an element of God in them. I do not believe cults do, I believe cults are dem- demonic. Cults do not celebrate Jesus. They do not celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection. And, you know, there are cults in our nation that look like big religious entities, but they're cults. But listen, I remember, I think I gave the testimony a couple of weeks ago, being in in Leah's mom's Catholic church there in in Abbeville, Louisiana, on, on New Year's Eve, midnight service, place was packed. They sang those beautiful hymns and just worshiped God the only way they knew how. And the presence of God just sweeped into that place. It was God. Listen, I know what the presence of God is. I mean, it was, so, it was so sweet. It was so annoying. The atmosphere was just charged, And that priest got up with all the dignity of that religion and, domi- and denomination. And he preached Christ, the incarnate word, Emmanuel, God with us. I wanted to get up and run around that place. But I didn't do it. You say, what? Well, they're a traditional church. But God was there. But God was there. But in a church like this that lines up with the template in the book of Acts, you say, now what do you mean by that, Pastor? We believe this, that if a lost person comes to this church, they're going to be afforded the best opportunity to get born again and get saved. We believe that every believer is going to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. We believe that if sick people come, they're going to get healed. We're going to believe if oppressed people come, they're going to get delivered. We believe in laying on hands. We believe in casting out devils. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in that prayer in Acts chapter 4 where they prayed, God, stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And the Bible said when they prayed that, the place that they were was shaken. And we believe our church is a great threat to the devil. Yeah. He does not like us. He does not like you. He does not want you in this church. But I've got good news. We don't care what the devil doesn't like. We're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to love people. We're going to do what the Word of God says. And we're going to do everything we can do to restore people back to the place they're supposed to be in. Now, I'll I put some things in here that you must do in order to to, to not get offended. Because in our series that we did years ago on how to identify and overcome offense, we use three things. I'm only going to use two today. We use people that get offended at the Word, people get offended at the way God does things, and people get offended one at another. Well, I'm not going to deal with the people get offended one at another because that's a love issue, and we need to give more time to that than just a few minutes. So we're going to talk about getting offended at the demand the Word of God puts upon you, and getting offended at the way God chooses to do things. Now, first of all, when the Word of God is preached, it is the seed going forth. The Word is the seed. Your heart is the soil. And what's unique about seed and soil is this. Without the seed, the soil has no life. But with the seed, the soil can do its part to produce life. The soil does not put a demand on the seed. The seed puts a demand on the soil. When the seed goes into the soil, here's what the seed says. The seed goes down in there. It gets all warm and snuggled down in that soil. It's good and planted. Then it says this, give me your moisture. If, if, if the farmer puts fertilizer on you, I want it. Let me have the warmth of the sun. Let me have everything. Give me everything you have as soil. Give it all to me. Give it all to the seed. Give it all to the seed. Give it all to the seed. And if you'll give it all to the seed, I'll give you what you cannot produce for yourself. I'll give you life. I used to travel a lot down to Corpus Christi. And I'd take the, what they call the sportsman's highway. A lot of people don't know that shortcut down there. And I kind of like it because there's not a lot of traffic. And, and especially this time of the year, uh, they all have those fields plowed. A lot of cotton is grown down there, a lot of corn, a lot of maize. And those fields, that black soil so pretty when they have it all disc up, but there's not a bit of life in it. And I preached in a camp meeting down at, what was the name of that church? Uh, Uh, Tabernacle of Praise, Uh, 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 Pastor Freddie Naranjo. I preached down there for years. I preached in their camp meeting, and it would always be uh, right in the middle of June. And we'd drive down there, and all that cotton would be about that high. And all that corn would be about that high. And all those fields that around February and March were just black dirt, they were all full of green, beautiful life. Life was everywhere. The birds were flying. Birds were singing. Animals were running around. Rabbits and all kinds. You could see all this life. You say, well, because somebody sowed the seed. When that seed goes into your heart, into your spirit, it begins to put a demand upon you. Speak me. Thank God for me pray about me. There's all kinds of things you have to do with the seed. But what the seed will do in you is it will produce the life that you need. The life in your finance. The life in your physical body. The, and see, your adversary knows that. So what he tries to do is he tries to do everything he can do to tr- create persecution and affliction. So he said, Pastor, I came down here, had hands laid on me for, 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 for healing, and then I got me one of those brochures with all the healing scriptures, and I went back, and I'm telling you that next week, I was sicker than I'd ever been. I wonder why. That's your adversary trying to steal your healing. You say, Pastor, I tell you, I, gave, I tithed my offer. I gave some money to the kids to go to DR. I give to the missionaries. Oh, man, look like my finances are... The bottom's fixing to fall out. What do you think the enemy's trying to do? He's bringing persecution. He's bringing affliction against you to try to get you to back off. Yes. Now, now, let me read this scripture. You don't have to turn. I'm going to turn there and read it. You all know it. It's 2 Timothy three sixteen. but I'll read in the Amplified. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration. Now listen to this. And it's profitable for instruction, for reproof, for conviction of sin, correction of error, discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. You say, what do you mean? When the word gets taught, it starts chopping on you. I tell you, the first four or five years I was in the ministry, the word of God, I almost dreaded going to meetings because I would go to meetings and I would think, why is this preacher preaching to me? Amen. I mean, you go to a service I mean, you know, you hadn't sent a preacher, you hadn't talked to him, nobody's sent any text or anything, nobody knows you're going to... And all of a sudden you think, now how dare he say that? Now how dare he say that? How dare he talk like that? Well, it just may not be me. Yeah. We, we always talk... I, we, one day we'll find out who that lady was, is and we'll bless her, but we got a letter one time of somebody and the letter was so amazing. It said, I'm leaving this church. I am so tired of you telling everybody what I've been doing all week long. I didn't even know who the person was. But the Word of God, when it's taught through a gift given by Jesus, with the anointing of God, will come into your life, and it will begin to reprove, it will begin to correct, it will begin to discipline, it will begin to instruct in righteousness, so that you, as a believer, can conform to God's will, so that God's will might be performed in your life, because God's will is the best. Let me try that again. God's will is the best. And if you sit under the teaching of the word week after week after week after week after week, you'll begin to see the routine of your adversary, how he tries to war against that word and come against that which God wants you to have. But if you will rise up in faith and make a decision, devil, you're not stealing my word because to have your word stolen is to have your life stolen. Because his word is spirit, his word is life, his word is light, his word is truth, his word is righteousness, his word is love, his word is healing, his word is blessing. So the enemy wants to get it because he knows if they keep standing on that word, if they keep standing on that word, if they keep standing on that word, God will show up and do what his word says. Amen? Now let me go back. Where was that in Mark? Number one, guard your heart. Proverbs what it? Proverbs chapter 4, 23. My son, attend to my word, and climb thine ear into my saying. Let it not by, uh, uh, depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. For it is life for you have found it, and health to all of its flesh. Now, right there in Proverbs, it says the word of God is what? Life and health. Did you know just reading the Bible could get you healed? I have known of ministers, and I'm not talking about, you know, five-fold ministers with big meetings. I'm talking about ministers in the church who have had healing ministries sitting next to sick people and reading the Bible to them. Just reading it, reading healing scriptures, reading the story of Jesus healing people, and people just get up from a lot of times from the deathbed and get healed. Amen? But then the next verse says this, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Listen, the most valuable thing you have in your life is the Word. He said, Well, you act like the word is God. Well, let's see what the scripture says. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You can have no greater relationship with God than you have with this word right here. That is your most, I don't care, you may have, you may have $50 trillion in the bank. It is nothing compared to the value of this word. You must value the word. You must value the Word being taught to you. You must value the Word that you read. You must value the Word that you meditate on. We give you a, what is it, a a chapter a day, all week long for you to read. Value that chapter. Value that Word. Read it. Meditate on it. Then build off of that and expand it in your life. The Word will heal. The Word will prosper. The Word will bless. The Word will increase. But your adversary will do everything he can do to get you offended at the Word. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, guard my heart. heart. Realize that your help through His Word is supernatural. Now let me say that again. Listen, some of you have gone so far in your own natural ability, you can't go any further. Maybe at your job, maybe in your business, maybe with some health issue, maybe in a marriage, whatever it is, Listen, God provides supernatural help. So what's that old saying? God helps those who helps themselves. Well that you know you gotta get into the word and help yourself with it. But the thing is, what God helps you with is not natural. He helps you with that which is supernatural. Oh my goodness, I've had so many things in my life that were supernatural. Supernatural breakthroughs, supernatural healings, supernatural increase, supernatural favor, supernatural insight, supernatural revelation. I mean, just beyond the scale, supernatural times in my life in which I was fellowshiping with God, supernatural incidents in which angels or things would happen and I would have knowledge. I'm telling you, it's amazing to live a supernatural life. And it can touch every area of your life realize that God is calling you to live a supernatural life in a natural world. Listen, now that's shouting ground. You say, why? Because God gives us supernatural answers to all the natural problems of life. The devil cannot attack you supernaturally. He can only attack you naturally. But God says, what I'm going to do for my children is I'm going to give them supernatural answers to every natural problem in life. You just can't let the devil steal it from you. Amen. Now, Luke 18, Luke 8:18, 8, you don't have to turn there. Luke 8:18, 8, and Mark 4:24. Be careful how you hear. Be careful what you hear. Yeah. Be careful how you hear. Be careful what you hear. Now let me, let me do this. I know my time's about up. I'm going to get back my time from last week. How about that? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what you listen to continually trains you. What you listen to continually trains you to hear. Listening and hearing are two different things. You can passively listen to anything. But when you hear something, you respond to it. You have an, there's an act that will take place in your life. Now, we've got to be so careful because we live in the, quote, information age. And there's so much information out there being downloaded into television, radio, internet, onto your phone, just about everywhere you go. And a lot of it's just crazy. Man, you start getting into the political side of it. You start getting into the, uh, the, the social side of it. All this crazy stuff that's going on and you listen to that 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 and you listen to that. What's it doing? It's training you to hear. You better be careful what you hear. You better put a watch on your mind because I'm telling you, there are things that you can let come into the information gates of your life that can wreck your spirituality and steal your faith. And then you've got to be careful how you hear it. You've got to learn to hear things as the Word of God says them to you. Because I'm telling you that God doesn't have a problem communicating. All people do. People, there's miscommunication. There's all kinds of crazy communication. But God does not have a problem speaking to His children. The Bible says, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. And if you make a decision, I'm going to hear the voice of God. I'm going to hear the voice of God. I'm going to hear the voice of His Word. I'm going to hear the voice of His Spirit. I'm going to hear the voice of that which He's saying. And the first time you get any results from that, you're going to find out how valuable the Word is. You know, there's always people that thought they heard, or thought was said, but you must understand, When the Word of God is taught, there is another entity other than you and the preacher. You say, what is that entity? It is the Holy Ghost that broods over a service. And what He does in brooding over a service is He's looking for an open heart. I've literally sat in services, uh, you know, large and small, different speakers over, over the course of the last 35 years, and been sitting there and paying attention, taking my notes, had my Bible open, and all of a sudden it's like I'm not there anymore. And the Holy Ghost has taken one word that was said and caused it to fall from the unseen realm into the good soil of my spirit. And next thing you know, that thing, you can almost feel it sometimes. That's the only way I can describe it. You can almost feel its arrival. I mean, the Lord started giving me some stuff. I started telling Leah about it yesterday. The Lord gave gave me something in the spirit. Uh, uh, supernaturally, I'm, I'll teach it here at the church uh, you're going to love it, it's something powerful out of the word of God, I'd never seen it before, never heard it before but 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 all of a sudden this, just one little phrase was said in something I was teaching and all of a sudden I didn't hear anything that was being taught anymore I was driving in my truck, listening to some teaching, and one phrase was said. As soon as that phrase was said, literally it was like a gear shift in the spirit, and I was way over here, and the Holy Ghost was saying now here's how, how I want you to put it together, like this, and 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 people will see all these different things that they have to go through to get to the right place. And if they'll understand that one leads to the next, one will strengthen you, encourage you, bless you, and as you progress down that trail, everyone gets you to the place to where you're so fully persuaded that what God has promised, He will also perform, God will have His performing day in your life. Well, I'm not going to preach it now. But I'm telling you, like in a flash, like a, like a camera flash, that thing hit my spirit just like that. And probably two to three weeks of teaching just erupted on the inside of me. That's how God wants to do each and every one of you. He'll talk to you financially. He'll talk to you about your business. He'll talk to you about all kinds of things. And I guarantee you, if you'll allow Him, He will bring the supernatural element of what His Word can do into manifestation in your life. Now, let me close with this. Last thing, if I can read it here. I've already mentioned it, but let me mention it one more time. Learn to value spiritual things. Now, here's why. Your origin is spiritual. The Bible says that God is the father of all spirits. That means the real you. We've said this many times. God is the creator of all men and women, but he's not the father of all men and women. But your human spirit was formed and created by God. And this visitation you're having on the earth, which will last 70, 80, 90, 100 years. If you're one of those that want to live 120, that's fine for you. I'll be out of here before then. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to believe God to get to about 90 and then we'll see. Amen. Amen. But that visitation on this earth, the Bible says it like this. It says it's like a flower that fades. It's like a wind that blows. Your your, your visitation is very short compared to the expanse of eternity. So we learn to value things like wealth and possessions and relationships. But when you make a decision to value above all, everything of spiritual things, spiritual things, that the valued possession of your life is not material, now listen to me, but spiritual. Now here's the key, you'll guard it. Yeah, amen. This is why so many people lose what is valuable spiritually to them, because so they don't guard it. You've got to guard it. You say, why? Because there's all kinds of ways the enemy tries to come at you to try to get what he tries to put on the inside of you out of you. He wants you to deny it. He wants you to walk away. I heard a preacher say this years ago. I thought it was really good. He says, the devil knows he can't keep you out of heaven. You're born again. You love the Lord. But what he wants you to do and what he wants to do is he don't want you to take anybody with you. And every one of us want to take somebody with us. That's the essence of the new birth is reproduction. That's why we go to the DR. That's why we're going to Ireland. That's why we have the services that we have. That's why we do what we do is we want people to find out how good Jesus is. So be sure and value that which is in the spirit realm that belong. If you're born again, value being born again. Get up every day and say, oh, thank you, Father. I'm not living in the fallen human family. I'm not living under the Adamic curse. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I'm born again. I'm a new creature in Christ. I tell you, it won't take but a few mornings. You get out of bed shouting. Learn to value the Word of God. You get up When you get up and read your chapter, oh, thank you, Father, for your Word. Oh, the entrance of your Word brings light and life to me. Forever, oh, Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Oh, your Word does not return void, but it does accomplish that. I guarantee you, it won't take too long. You'll start guarding that. Amen. You get up in the morning, you feel good, you're healthy. You lift your hands. Thank you, Father, for my health. Oh, Jesus, is, Jesus God is Jehovah Rapha. Jesus is my healer. Thank you, Jesus. You bore stripes upon your back that the law, the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law. I guarantee you'll start valuing your health. You look around at your material wealth that God has blessed you with. You realize that everything you have, everything you do, God has given it to you. You lift your hands and say, I thank you, Father. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are, you are my supply. you're my my sufficiency, you're my all in all, you're my increase, you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. I guarantee you, you'll start valuing that. And I guarantee you, what makes being a believer so valuable is the days that come where either your loved one or yourself begins to get close to crossing over to that other line. And you're not like the world who frets, who... who, uh, who, who who begins to get nervous and anxious because they fear death? We've had a couple of homegoing celebrations around here that were off the charts. You see what I mean? Off. Well, we did my mom's homegoing. I'm telling you, people were shouting, people were glorifying God. I'm telling you, we just who who was that other? Uh, Ann Sims. When Ann Sims went to heaven, <laughs> I think George, how many people got CDs of that? Like twenty-something <laughs> people got a CD of the funeral service. You say, why? Because Ann Sims was a woman that valued the Word. and She valued God. And when she closed her eyes on this side, she opened her eyes in heaven, and there was her Savior. And we couldn't hardly grieve. We miss Anne, but we couldn't grieve because we knew to be absent from the body was to be present with Christ. And we celebrated her life. And we celebrated the goodness. And she has left a lasting legacy of what? Of the Word working in her mightily and powerfully in the things of God. That's why you must value that which God gives you. Guard against offense. Value your church. Value your pastor and pray for him value what we're doing in the nations of the world the enemy he knows We're we're not going to be denied we're going to build that building we're going to do what God says to do he's brought some attack against the church some things that the Lord the other day I was thinking about that and the Lord said get your eyes off that junk I said junk he said that's what it is he said look look when all that was happening what were you doing I said huh he said, when all this, the, you know, some little, some offenses rose up, a little turmoil rose up here and there. He said, what were you doing? I said, I don't care. What are you trying to tell me, Lord? He said, what were you doing? Just go back and look what you were doing. You know what I was doing? I, I went to the Philippines twice. I went to Africa. I went to Ireland three times. God exploded my international ministry again. And outside the church where I preached to a couple of hundred, I preached to thousands. I thought, oh, Lord. He said, see? See, it's working. It's working. He said, trust me, I'm bringing them back. Bringing them back to the church. Bring them back. Just, just keep loving people. Keep blessing people. Keep telling them how valuable they are. Keep telling them how much God loves them. Keep telling them, we love you. We love you. We love you. If you stray out a little bit, come on back. We love you. We love you. We're a church of restoration. We're a church of blessing. We're a church of increase. We value the word. We value the spirit. We value the nations we teach and preach in. We value what God's doing. And if you'll do that, the Bible says you'll never be moved. You go read that, 1 Peter, first chapter right there. It talks about how you'll never be moved. You say why? Because we are the people, the only people on this earth, that are partakers of the divine nature according to the precious promises of God. And that is so important to God and such a threat to the adversary. He's going to kick, he's going to scream, he's going to try to get into your mind. He's going to try to do all kinds of crazy things, but you make your stand. You say, devil, I'll not be moved. I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to stand on the goodness of my God. I'm going an to stand... And here's what I've done in my life. Because has anybody never missed it? Besides me? I've missed it a lot. But here's what I found out about God. When you miss it, you rely on His mercy. Because His mercies are new every morning. And when you miss it, you say, Father, thank you for your mercy. And then you learn how to receive that mercy. And next thing you know, you're right back in the groove, flowing right where you should be flowing. Keeping your foot on the devil's neck Amen. and your hands in the air, receiving from God. Amen. Amen? For the whole world aches and is in pain. That which sin produces the question of tomorrow all of the things that rise up in people's lives to devalue to hurt and harm but i have come and i've come in the presence and power of my word the ability of my spirit to impart that love one to another so that you might take it to this world and heal them and just as one today was touched and healed there are multitudes out there that need the same thing so value the Word, and value that which I do in your life, and value the doors that I open, value the strength that I give, the momentum that you have, and that which you envision, and you shall see many, many touched in the self same way. Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for a wonderful time in your presence. Lord, as is our tradition, we claim our protection, our safety, declaring no evil befalls us, no plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father, as we travel on the airways, the highways, the railways, the seaways, or any other way of travel or transportation, you protect us. Handling the resource you've given us, Lord. Medical field, education, up in the oil patch, out in the ocean, wherever we go, whatever we do, thank you that we abide under the shadow of the Most High. No wicked plans of evil men or the devil himself. She'll harm us in any way. Thank you for the door of utterance. The same love, the same love, the same love we've experienced here today. Let us take it out to the world. You said through that prophecy, through that tongue and interpretation, the world is hurting. The world is desperate. The world needs your love. Let us carry it to the world. In Jesus' name. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. In love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.